Hey everybody, Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome to the Canberra Business Podcast. Great to have the pleasure of your company. We've got a good one for you today. This was a lot of fun to do. I learned a great deal. You're going to learn a great deal. In just a moment, I'm going to introduce you to the fantastic Jared Tiffin, founder of Tiffin & Co., one of the most fantastic, successful boutique mortgage brokers in the country. They've just got a whole swag of awards. They've been doing amazing work for many years. Many of you uh, probably know of Tiffin & Co. If you don't, by the end of this, you're going to want to go and check them out. Uh, look, housekeeping from me, just uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Really, what we're trying to do is just grow this from the ground up, so whether it's on Apple Podcasts, or Android, wherever you're seeing this, you can just subscribe. That would be awesome. Leave a review for us. That would be really helpful too. And also, we've got an email sign-up box there, which is just a way for each Monday when a new episode comes out, we can just let you know by email who the new guest is, and it'll be right there for you. So that's it from me. I want to get straight into this episode. Uh, look, you're going to get a lot out of it. So pay attention. Listen to the wisdom that Jared shares with us. He's a businessman, a husband, a father. He'd hate me saying this, but uh, he's a pretty good athlete too. I've found out the hard way a couple of times, but uh, you're just going to get a lot out of it. So enjoy this time with Jared Tiffin, and I hope that uh, what he shares with you is really going to take you further on your business journey. I'm Jonathan Doyle, going to speak to you again at the very end. Thanks, JD. We're a mortgage break. Short version, long stories, we provide clients with home loans through the major banks, so Westpac, Commonwealth, ANZ, you name it, we deal with them, down to the little guys like Pepper Home Loans and Liberty, we source the best finance for our clients in the marketplace. I think systems, I, th I think we have some very good systems in place that others don't, and I think we take it as a profession, we, we treat it as a profession, rather than just part-time job, which a lot of brokers unfortunately do, so we've sort of taken it to the next level, we went and got premises, which I think are pretty good, and we have relationships with the banks as well as the people that are signing off on credit, so I think that's probably our point of difference. Spot on. Probably one of the biggest issues that the lending institution or the, the lending world has at the moment. And, and hey, it's interesting times because of the, the Royal Commission going on at the moment. But uh, the biggest thing is the entry level and the people that are doing it are just, you know, put it nicely, they shouldn't be putting doing face-to-face -face with clients. They have no expertise. They rent themselves. They bankrupts. The, the, the whole industry needs to clean themselves up. First, I'll mention that it, it is a inquiry into misconduct into the banking industry. So they're not going to go around telling the 50 great stories that people have, you know, been successful and, and created some amazing businesses from the banks helping them and, and lending them money. I'm always front foot on that. It, it is an inquiry into misconduct. And, and I think... 
the Royal Commissioner himself is a smart dude and he knows that he's not just going blindly, hey, there is another side of the story. But from the bank's point of view, I think the banks are genuinely concerned with the, and, and this is what I'm hearing directly from the lenders themselves, they're concerned with the consumers not taking any onus on themselves. Oh, we want to start a business, it went broke, it's your fault. Well, hang on. It's not that easy. Like, you're a smart person, you're an adult, should have got advice on it when you bought it. We lent you the money, not your business, and you've dropped the ball. So there's two sides of the story. The franchising whole, that's another conversation. And there are some issues around that. And I I did hear Louise's interview, and it was a good one. And and she's right. Like, the whole franchising world's a bit of a disaster, I think, at the moment. And, And there need to be some protections around there. And I think that might even start this week or next week. They're looking into some franchising issues that are coming up. It's it's starting now. The, the the banks are starting it. They're having hurdles criteria. They're not letting you know first year uni students come out and become a mortgage broker. They have to have mentors. They have to be working with someone. They have to be full time. I got you know they can't be an Uber driver half the time and riding loans the other half. Which is which is, which I've been picked up by a mortgage broker Uber driver once. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that world is genuinely changing and it's coming in hard now. And, and these are the regulations that my governing body, the Mortgage Finance Association of Australia, MFAA, are putting in place now. I've got two brothers and two other sisters, so there was five of us. And I was baby. I grew up on the tough streets of lions. I once saw a man throw a bit of rubbish on the ground and didn't pick it up. Yeah, so, yep. yeah. <laughs> Canberra born and bred. Bernie Courts was there, yeah. Tough, tough place, my friend. Tough place. Yep, mean streets of lions. Dad was uh, a Navy man. Mum was a housewife. The best. Yeah, living on a prayer, baby. <laughs> Rollers? Yeah, of course. I used to get picked on, too. Same pair, yeah. Can't have desert boots, can you? Now you can. <laughs> what are desert boots? Um, was that Sanetti's boy? Yeah, proud St. Edmund's boy. No good. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. Jury. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, my, my whole childhood was pretty good. I've been blessed the whole way through. There's no hard luck story where, well, this has happened and this changed my life. And I, I had a great childhood, had a, had, had a fantastic schooling, got great friends, you know, played sport, I still have great friends from sport. I've been pretty blessed growing up in this town, mate, so. <laughs> you know me, Yeah, we've written all that, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think I'm competitive to an extent, yeah, to answer your question. I'm Mum and Dad were always hard workers. I think probably work ethic has, has been the top of the list that I'd say I brought through. I mean, you brought a lot of things through, but because that's your only influence as you're growing up, isn't it? Like a big influence. So I'd say my work ethic, I'd, yeah, I'd put it down to that. Oh, it's one of my big bugbears in in the world I live in at the moment. I, I mentor a few mortgage brokers and people ring me up and say, Jared, I've been doing this for two years and I can't work out why I'm not successful. I said, oh, run me through your day. I got in the office at 9.30 and 
did this and did that, and then I was home at 5.30 at night. You wouldn't believe it. Mate, you're not working. And people's, unfortunately, people's work ethic doesn't match their goals in life, and, and that's a big thing that I see so often. I mean, when I started my business, I was working 15 hours a day, stupid numbers and giving up things. Like, I've got friends that said, you left. You left for five years, Jared, and then I came back. But when I left, I didn't really leave. I just worked. It was it was funny. It, it was what drove me. I was hanging around people that were very successful, drove nice cars, and like anything, you, you lie with dogs, you get fleas, and I didn't want to be that. I was hanging around these guys driving these fantastic cars and living this life, and they had cash in their bank account and no desert boots on them, beautiful suits, and I wanted to be like that. And and although. I missed my friends and I missed playing sport after school as much as I would like. I got a heck of a buzz from working. That was my thrill. I would embrace the grind. I loved it. I was getting up early, going to bed late, doing things that I don't think I probably should have been doing, but just working my guts out to get to the point where I am now. And they were going down the coast. They were saying, come out, we're going for a beer. We're on a trip away this weekend. And I was going, no, nah, I'm gone. So in all of that, the question of why, you talk about when you first around these people who wear nice suits and drive nice cars, is something fundamental in human nature that we aspire to achieve more, experience more, have more. It's one of the absolute fundamental flaws in communism is that it denies that basic human truth that we want to experience more, have more, to pretend that we all exactly the same, have the same desire as next time that we can build our businesses. The drive that you've experienced, you know, you grew up in the matrix of lines, but you've always stood on the table. What drives you? What are you experiencing so far? I think I just wanted to succeed. I was never scared of failing. That didn't bother me, but I was scared not to be successful. I I truly thought that, hey, I want that car and I want that lifestyle and I want to be able to take my kids on this trip and I want to be with my wife at this time of my life and... and I mean, when I started, and this is all hoo-ha, this is when I was 22, 23 years of age, a young, dumb kid from the, you know, like you said, the tough streets of Lyons, I just wanted to have money in my pocket. Like, mum and dad had five kids and one income. Like, we weren't flush, but I wanted to be like these other guys I was meeting and hanging around and surrounding myself with that were earning these ridiculous amounts of money. And they weren't in my industry even. They were... They were real estate agents, a lot of them. I was you know, working on a Saturday and Sunday and opening up homes for them just so I could meet potential clients that wanted to get a home loan. And these real estate agents were letting me bring them lunch and letting them take me a drink of you know, water and buy them a burger. I was like their, their boy Friday for a, the first four or five years of my mortgage-broking career. I just did it. I had to do it. And I'd see them pulling up in Porsches and building houses and talking, and I was just, wow, that's cool. And that inspired me. In life, you have a few influences that you meet, and the people that um, you meet, just they have a shine. They wear nice suits. That was, I, I can't put it down to something that, oh, they just inspired me to be it, but it, that's what it really is. Like, they just inspired me to, I want a nice suit. I want... <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
proud to say it. I've built the number one mortgage broking business in Australia that is independently owned. So, you know, behind your Aussie home loans and, and those guys, obviously, but independently owned mortgage broking business, no one comes close. I'm the number one boutique broker in Australia. And we have a book size of $2 billion and a lot of clients, over, over 6,000 Canberrans that are our clients, and I just want to take care of them. And I don't want the, my accountant still says to me this day, and one of the things that I took on board as a, as a young fella, size is for vanity, profits for sanity. And I just want to stay nimble, tight. I've got a great group of people that I work with, 20 mouths to feed, plus their families, and I just want to keep it going. And that's what drives me. Plus, you know, the client outcomes. I'm seeing some great, you know, situations where clients are coming back to me that bought houses five, six, seven years ago. And, you know, they've made $250,000, $300,000 that, wow, like that's cool. That is cool. And that, that's not because of me, but I helped part of that journey that they went on. And that their success is partly due to me. And I love it when they ring me up and they say, Jared, we're coming back. We want to do this now. I like being involved in that. message that I try and tell anyone that starts a business it's stick to what you're good at firstly find out what you're good at <laughs> but then stick to what you're good at and then don't do anything else delegate everything else if I like seeing clients and I like meeting people and I like helping people and hey sometimes it goes off the line but nine times out of ten people are very very happy with the outcome they love the process they love dealing with a mortgage broker. Our service is free. It's awesome. I don't have to ever send a bill to anybody. But on the flip side of the coin, I hate doing admin, mate. I hate it. Can't stand it. So I hire someone that does it. And I can concentrate on doing what I love to do. So what is that admin for you? Payroll, HR, GST, Baz. Talking to my accountant even kills me. If FBT, what the heck, FBT? Like, anyway. So everything and anything to do with day-to-day -day running a business. I still enjoy chatting with my staff, but I don't particularly love doing the one-on-one -on -one meetings where you go through and say, so how do you think you've performed this quarter? What the heck? Like, It's more of just a chat with me about how's life going? What are you up to? Where do you think you're going? What can I help you with? They know if they're good. They know if they're going bad. I tell them along the way. But I mainly just like, even so even getting me to do those performance reviews that have to do is a struggle for the guys. I, I do it, mate. I do what I do. I just, I back to back, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I have appointments from 8 in the morning till 5 at night seeing people. Every hour on the hour is a new one coming in. And they might be existing clients, they might be new to the business, but I do what I love to do right now. And I have people bringing me coffee, I have water at my disposal, I can order lunch. It's what I love to do. So I don't have a product as such. My product is a commodity, like it's petrol. And someone's put a new, you know, Westpac is badging it or Commonwealth Bank is badging the petrol. It's just money. I'm also seeing what outcome they want in life. Like, where are they going with this? What do they want to get? And nine times out of ten, unless it's a refinance or something like that, they want their brand new house. So it's a pretty cool journey. And you're just, you're saying this is the road of least resistance. This is the best possible deal that market is currently offering. 
That might be with, who knows. But that's what we're doing. We're just working through and saying, hey, you're square peg. You don't fit in that round hole. They won't suit you. But these guys will suit you, and these guys will suit you, and these guys will suit you. And everyone's different. And banks have criteria that changes from day to day, week to week, especially at the moment. The world is, like I've said previously, the world's changing crazy. So it's just about knowing what your client wants to achieve at the end of the day and giving it to them. It's pretty hard to be unscrupulous. Look, there's dummies, but you can't be dodgy. Like, I see somebody... I take an application form, we pick the lender together, but the rest of it is still back to the bank to say, hey, you are a deal or you are not a deal. There's still credit involved, so there's still a hierarchy. I'm just, rather than walking into the branch at Westpac or the branch at St. George and them saying, I don't know what anyone else has. I know what we have, but I don't know what everyone else has. You walk into my office and I say, this is what everyone has and this is your best deal. We go through the process, get a fact find, find out all about them, everything we can, do a budget with them, work out where they can go and what they can do. And then from that point on, we're just submitting it and going through the process that anybody would do. So the unscrupulous thing is is a myth. Like that doesn't happen. You can't be unscrupulous. Where you can be, what's the word? Yeah, is dealing with the third tier lenders, I would call them. So someone like a I won't mention names, but a lesser known lender that maybe pays a higher commission. And there are plenty of those guys out there. It's changing. Again, this is part of the regulations. It's changing. You know, I meet people that walk in. I say, well, what the heck? How did you get a loan with these guys? Who are they? I've never heard of XXX and... (laughs) Home loans. Yeah, Shunky Brothers Home Loans. And they go, oh, our last broker put it off onto us. And that doesn't happen in Canberra, to be honest. Like, we're a transient town, so you do get to meet a lot of people that are moved from Queensland or moved from Liverpool or Western Sydney area. And, you know, their broker has put them on this this product that you just go, well, what the heck are you doing there? And, you know, we, it, Canberra's pretty good. We've got some great operators in town. And I'm proud to say that everyone that is a broker in Canberra is pretty straight up and down. Yeah, it always shows up like I think I don't think people truly understand what it's it's not easy running a business. It's the hardest freaking thing you can ever do. And if someone said, Jared, go back and start again, I'd go, get. I wouldn't do it. I seriously wouldn't do it. No no chance. The I'd work for someone else. I'd do what I'd do, but I'd just do it for somebody else. 100%. Mate, the... It's not as easy as people make out. And, and, and all of these, this world we live in at the moment, I'll be a millionaire in a month. Do you, do you know how few little businesses turn over a million dollars? Do you know how few little businesses turn over $10 million? It's, it's ridiculous. And to be in this position where the buck stops with you is tough. Like every day there's another problem. And 20 staff, it's a, and I love my 20 staff. If you're listening, guys, I love you. But sometimes it's like a childcare centre. There's issues and, and there's things and, you know, this has upset somebody and they've said that and, and then people have their own problems too and I buy into that. Like I get, I worry about my staff that maybe has got a sick child or can't come to work and can't sell their house because I take that on board because my, my staff have become like my friends. And some of them I've got... I've been doing it for 20-something years now, and I've got staff that have been with me over 15. So you become best friends with these people that you're seeing for eight, nine hours a day every day. It's the classic class war stuff. It's like, well, you have a business and it's just some, some kind of rainbow is everything you know, and you're basically sitting with less money. 
general public are probably not across, what I'm so proud of is broadcasters that can then harm these pictures over the years. And what you guys are doing and creating, not just everything, everybody's had on, before you talk to the CSP office, you like, yeah, yeah, we're in the magic school tomorrow, and we're going to keep having it. It's just so fun. So I'm just like, yeah, it's a good day, but you said, it's just going to be fine. It's just problem, problem, problem. So let's talk more on the set. I want to talk about that first thing I think is going to be right now. So tell me, you go and do exercise. Psychologically, what insights do you have for you and you? I walk home, I open the front door, and I see my beautiful four kids and my lovely wife, and I go, whatever. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't take stuff home. I, I do wake up and stare at the ceiling, like you said, at two in the morning a lot. And normally I get up and I'll do a Zwift ride, as you and I have done together a few times. For people that don't know about Zwift, I'll let JD explain that to you. But look, I just... I'm grateful for what I have. I realise what I have. I work hard, but when I go home, I shut the door and I try not to take. I do my best anyway not to take home my work. Now, my way of dealing with it is I've got people in the office that I discuss. If there's a problem, I talk about it. And I think that's the biggest secret. People that bottle it up inside if they've got a problem, that can screw you over. I think you need to discuss work issues with work people talk to them about it and say this is the problem I've had what do you reckon but don't take it home separate it it's hard to do but I separate it Yeah, had a great business partner, and still, like you know, if I saw him in the street, I didn't end badly. It just ended, and and I realised that that wasn't a, against me. And I think a lot of business people think, oh, "You don't love me anymore. We're leaving." And and initially, that's how I thought. Yeah, well, I thought we were. Like, I thought we were married in a business sense, and we were business partners. We started a great a great business together, but. People change, people's situations change, people's home life changes. And he just wanted to go on a different journey to what I did and wanted to do different things. And, and that was cool. I had no issue with that. Cut him a check, walked away. I still see him around now. But it was tough at the time because I went through that stage, you don't love me anymore. Why don't you want to be in business with me? What am I doing wrong? But I just started realizing it's not about me. It's not about me. It's your stuff. I'm happy to stay. And all the guys in the office, they stayed with me. I didn't lose any staff. I think I took care of everybody the right way. Not that he wasn't. He was doing the right thing too. But it just, yeah, it just ended. But at the time, it was, where the heck am I going to get the money for this? How the heck am I going to make this work? But I did and got through it. I think having a clear, clear, clear cut concept about this is what I do, this is what you do. And now I've got four business partners, share slash shareholders that um, work in my business and every day they know what I do and I know what I expect them to do. And, you know, we talk about it and we have monthly board meetings together and we discuss, we just talk it through. We just talk it through and everyone knows what they have to do. Now where it gets complicated is if you don't have a business partner that wants to be on the same page as you and they're doing this and you don't think they're contributing equally. Like It's like a marriage, you know, if they're not contributing. If you're coming home and after working all day and nothing's done, you go, whoa, 
this isn't fair and and that's what a business partnership can be like too and and as long as you're discussing it and talking about communications key man talk with people and make sure they know where you're going and you know where they're going and if it stops hey move on true that Yeah. And um remember years ago we were in the workplace and we said the greatest misconception in the workplace is that we have to talk to the boss. So if I'm going to talk to the mayor, you know, what other email? What other good ideas? And then you buy one. So I'm going to have to say, how do you deal with the boss that I call you and make the example of the boss that's happening? Do you need to be able to get staff or care of all these or do avoidance? Do you do too hard to work? How do you deal with difficult conversations? I just we just talk it out. I just get their their opinion. Again, I'm in my business. I'm lucky that. <laughs> uh, again, it's it is kind of like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I think we should do. And they sort of go, yep, cool. There are sometimes difficult discussions, and I've changed my mind heaps of times on different stra- strategies that I think actually it wasn't my idea, but that's damn good. Like, let's do that. And and I think you have to be willing to bend and kneel and say, yep, you're right, I was wrong, just like a marriage JD, sometimes saying I'm wrong. And there has to be a there has to be a um a hero in, in the fight and the person that says I'm sorry first can be that hero. So yeah, I, I, I I'm willing to listen to people's conflict with me and you do get a bit of conflict now and then but Again, once you get on the right path, and I'm repeating myself, I know, but I've just got a great group of people that I work with, and we're sort of all on the same page. I started looking at, I made the wrong decision, and I admit it, I was looking for people with skills. I wanted skills, and I was paying people for skills that I thought were there, and then they weren't the skills that I needed. Then I've changed, and I just want people that I like, have interests, like I'll ask them, what's your favourite movie? Like that's the sort of thing. I want people to be passionate about something, anything, something. And then I can train them. You can train anybody. But I want someone that is a nice person, a good person, doesn't have to be the smartest tool in the shed like me. I'm not the smartest I'm saying I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. They just have to be a good person. That's all I want. And then the rest of it, I can teach them. I think it's just a conversation, like sitting down with people and having a chat to them and, you know, yeah, I like you. I, I like, you're my people. You're my people. And you can, you meet, I'm sure you meet lots of people that you walk in and you go, uh-oh, this isn't going the way I like it. Don't I? And they might be the most skilled person. I've I've let people walk out my door that you can't let her go, Jared. Like, she would be the best office manager ever. Yeah, I just didn't like her. And and they'll be very successful, whatever they do too. Like again, no resentment, but just not my people. Guess I treat them good, JD. <laughs> ah, look, you know the double-edged sword that we live in in this beautiful town of Canberra is we're competing against public service, so you have to match it. You have to pay staff well. You can't dodge it. You got to pay well market rate is not good enough anymore you have to pay well so that's the first thing i do and i think we do other stuff like we'll do we do a lot of team building events i've taken my staff all, every year we do something together we've done cracking back we've done trips overseas we've not that we we party hard because that's not the culture that i've got in there but we do stuff together even once a month we'll go have a, a beer and a burger out at capital brewing and yeah, we try to sort of just stick together and have a, not a forced culture, but a culture where 
you know, people want to help each other and do the right thing by each other. We're definitely not a dictatorship. Pretty much, like I don't go around saying, "Hey, this is our culture. This is our culture." It, the culture, yeah, it's not like that. It's just uh, everyone sort of does their own thing and helps each other and gets along. I don't know. I I, I can't put. A, I thought about this the other day, and after you sent that questionnaire through, thinking, "What's one of the things of my culture that I like?" It's just it just is. Like I think me working in the business. David Friend, Steph and Patrick, who I all work with, they own the business and they work in the business and they're there and they and they actually work. And I think it creates a good work culture. They can see, oh, Jared's just not sitting at home every and not coming to work. And I see plenty of businesses that are like that. The owner doesn't show up. What the? So I, I think the working part is paramount. And, you know, we buy uniforms for them. I think that's really helped. I, you know, I have uniforms for all the staff and they look good. I still wear a suit and tie every day and the rest of the guys wear suits and ties every day. I think that's part of it as well. So, you know, people walk in to get a home loan, they don't want to be walking into a guy with a polo shirt and in his bond singlet. Like They want to be dealing with a professional and I think, yeah, I think that's part of it, mate. Grumpy, probably. <laughs> he grumps a lot. Nah. Like, I, I, I think they'd probably say I've got a good work ethic. I, I'd hope they would. I'd hope they'd say I've got a good work ethic. And But I don't know. Man, good good point. It's not like I'm going to go ask him either. Hey, what do you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's opportunities coming up in the marketplace around products. I think I think the banks will definitely... There's a credit crunch coming, people. There is a credit crunch coming. Yeah, and probably 20 other places. But, but it's real, and this Royal Commission is going to have some effects, I think, in the business place and the mortgage market and the real estate agent market that will probably go on for the next four to five years. And it's cyclical, like it'll come back, but for the next four or five years it will be guided by a lot of compliance and the banks telling you what you can do rather than you saying, this is what I can afford. Those days are gone and the banks are going to say, hey, you want you want protection? We'll protect you from yourself. No, you can't have this money. I think I think it's a play that the authorities are putting onto the banks to be more responsible and to guide the economy the way it should be guided. And a lot of it was done when their first call was slow down, slow down investors. So they've done that by increasing interest rates and making it harder for investors to buy into the market. And now it's going to be around protecting consumers from themselves is where they think it's going to go. They still need to make money, and the way they make money is they lend money. So there'll still be people that they'll want to lend to, and I'm bullish about the market still, especially here in Canberra. I think we've still got a couple of good two to three years of strong growth to happen in the Canberra market. So don't get me wrong there, but I think the rest of the country will be slowed down considerably. And from my perspective, from a business perspective, opportunities will arise from that there'll be different products that'll come out into the market white labeling will occur where you'll be able to get a home loan through someone you've never heard of that will be deeper into the market that will want to get into the market aussie home loans grew from this not that i want to be aussie home loan but macquarie were offering white label product which which is basically like hey aussie you can call your home loan whatever you want and they called it aussie home loans and i think that will come back in the market Rather than now, at the at the moment, I think it's about eighty five percent of all mortgages are written are written by the major four because they're cheap, they're competitive. Yeah. 
I'm a big fan of podcasts, JD. Exactly. Yeah, I listen to... I'm a big fan of Switzer. I'm a big fan of uh, Ross Greenwood. And that sort of takes care of the Australian marketplace. Uh, I'll read industry magazines, which there's a stack of, like... And our governing body, which is the MFAA, do provide a stack of information as well, daily updating with policies and stuff. But And then internally underneath that, and, and we've got a person that this is their job, compliance and finding out all this stuff, the banks have policies that change daily or offers that change daily. So she's just collating them all and giving them out to them and say, guys, this is what's changing this week. This is what's changed today. So we get that every single day from her. Yeah, again, it goes back to hanging out with the right people, I think, mixing with people that are like-minded and get getting them. Look, one of the best bits of advice I was given is get a mentor. Get someone that you can aspire to be and you want to be like, and I did that. And then that mentor became my peer. And then you get a new mentor. And that mentor becomes your peer. And then you get a new mentor. And that mentor becomes your peer. So you keep moving up the rung and you and you keep learning. You can't stop learning. And and I've been lucky to be around some really cool people in my life and have some great... Even when I started, and I don't tell this story often, but when I started the business, I had no money. And I wasn't, there's no way the bank was going to give me any money. Um, I approached Peter Blackshaw and Andrea Blackshaw. And they helped me out. They lent me money. They helped set me up. Andrea knew everything about everything when it came to business. And I was this 22-year-old kid that was going, what the? I've got to do what? I've got to have stationery. What's stationery, Andrea? A logo, yeah. So she held my hand, helped me. And that's a mentor. That's exactly what I wanted. Because she's a good person. Don't know whether they did. And and I say this to people, I bet you they didn't. A lot, So many people don't ask. Scared? Rejection? Who knows? I ask, though. I don't know why I don't have it, but I just do. And, and Peter even said to me, I found that one of the things he told me once was, I found the best real estate agent in Sydney and I went and sat with him and said, can I buy you a coffee? And I I really took that on board and I, I did that with John Simons. Who the hell are you, some bloke in camp? Now he's a friend. Now, now I can ring him and say, hey, John, what are you up to? Mark Boris, speak to him daily at the moment through this combined industry forum that's happening at the moment. Good guy. Like You'd think, Mark Boris, there's no way he's going to talk to you. No, he wants to talk to you. And I, again, I say this to everyone I meet, get a mentor. Don't be scared to ask. Find the best person in your industry and go meet them and go talk to them. I think I'm very handsome. <laughs> I think I'd make a very good balaclava model. <laughs> I've got a head for podcasting. I don't know, mate. I, 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 I don't know. I just... Look, I'm a shy guy. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not... I'm not out there. I think I'm an extrovert, but a weird sort of extrovert where I get my energy from being alone. And But I like talking to people about my industry, about what I'm passionate about and I'll talk to anybody about about what I want to be good at and if I see someone that's out there that knows their stuff I want to talk to them I want to ask them questions I'd like to be more rounded I think I'd like to not that I want to do more of the administration side because like I said I, I like doing what I'm doing but but I'd like to be more rounded and, and and have a better handle on that side of it. 
But again, my mentors tell me, don't do it. Stick to what you're good at. Yeah, I think they stick to what they're good at. I think the successful people in the world have found the niche and they've, they've stuck to it. I, I see so many businesses that, even in my world, that they were at a great level and then they started stepping out of their zone. So mortgage brokers started offering insurance to people. And then they started trying to sell a property to them. That's when you can start becoming, well, that's not, you're not giving impartial advice. You're doing, that's where it can get dodgy. That's where it can go, hey, man, that's not really cool. You're selling them a house. You're giving them the finance. You're selling them some insurance. Is that, yeah, okay, maybe they need the insurance. I'm a big believer in that. But maybe there's somebody that you can refer them to. Yeah, that's right. Like delivering the right outcomes for clients. And then and then just not there, like having systems in place that every 12, 24 anniversary of loans, you're following up with them. It's crazy. It's People will go see their accountant every year, and but they won't look at their home loan. They won't look at their mortgage. And to educate them too, and getting back to the mastery, like to educate them to look at their own loan and, and know what they're looking at is the biggest role that we have. Like products change so often and being able to i wouldn't have enough time in the day to do anything else because so much information out there in the mortgage world so much and you gotta remember there's like 120 lenders in this country and there's a new banks opening up at the moment there's one that a new bank started yesterday vault like there'll be a new bank tomorrow that'll start wanting to lend like it's pretty hard to keep your hand on it i just wouldn't have enough time in the day to know anything else but what i know tis yeah, I got like I said, I've got my four partners in the business today that I'll run things by them. I've got a great accountant who will always give me the right advice, I think, and not mislead me to help make a decision. Yeah, a good, a great financial planner, who we both know, like a smart guy that has the right intentions and thinks about outcome rather than short-term gain, like long-term stuff, and I love that. And I like mixing with people that don't have any ulterior motives, like they just want you to do well. And I'm like that with, with everyone. I think if you take care of your client, the rest will just come. Forget about the money, forget about everything else, just take care of your client It'll come, and they've taught me that. So I've, just surrounding yourself with good people, I think, is gold. Yeah, 
I don't know. I think I think I'm at this stage in my life that I don't know. It's a it's a tough one to explain. I think I'm just at the stage in my life that I want that to happen. It's not it's not like I need anything from these people, and they don't need anything from me. They're nice enough. They've wasted their time to come in and sit down in front of me. So I, I want to do the right thing at least by them and give them a good forty five minutes, fifty minutes of my mind that hopefully that they take away and they say, yeah, we got the right we got the right advice from that guy. And and a lot of the time I'll meet someone. I'll say. Stick where you are. I had one of the client this morning that I said, there's no point. You should just stay where you are. Call ANZ this afternoon and tell them that you want to just switch it to this, do this, do this. They said, thanks, Jared, appreciate it. And yeah, I could have done it myself and refinanced them away, and but it wasn't the best thing for them. Like, uh, and, and I don't know why. I just, I think I'm at that stage in my life that I'm not, I mean, I see people that are desperate and would do something like that, and I think that's wrong, and I think desperation can cause issues but if you just want the right thing and you're not that fast and yeah Life journey? Personal Jerry Maguire sort of line. I love my life, love my wife, and I wish you my kind of success type of stuff. Like, I've got a good life. I've, I've got four beautiful kids and a wonderful wife and a fantastic family, sisters, brothers, parents that all live in Canberra. So, look, I'm proud of that, and I've got some great friends that I love deeply work-wise. I'm, I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of the business I've built. I'm proud of the, the outcome. But, hey, there's, it's the start of the journey. We're, we're still young. I thought about this as well and I'm really into reverse engineering too like I think I have to see where I'm going you're probably not into it like I just heard but I'm a reverse engineer business I want to see what's this look like in five years what's this look like in two years what's this look like at the end of the week and I envisage that and I'll work towards it at the moment I think with the amount of change that's going on in my industry I think our next part of the journey will be to do some white labeling I think I think there'll be products out there that'll come down from Macquarie and, and ANZ wholesale and so, so it's basically saying here's the money and you lend it out to your clients as you see fit I think that's probably the next part of the journey that we'll walk into but apart from that it's going to be like business as usual it's not broke it's not broke I'm happy I've got not a lot of stress at the moment I've done those hard yards I've 
been through that crap. I'm not going to go, I need a new challenge. I need a new challenge. What else? No, I don't. I don't. It's good. Life's good at the moment. Things are good. Business is good. We've got a good reputation in the market. Uh, you know, at Tiffin & Co, we're, I'm passionate about the Canberra market, as, as you know, and I sponsor, I sponsor the community and I try to get back into the community. And, and that's probably one thing I would like to do more not yelling out to all the other people that want sponsorship out there, but that's something that we're going to sort of get into in a little bit harder over the next probably 12 to 24 months is I've got some, we've got some sponsorship plans and some, some ideas, but we can help the community a little bit more. So yeah, little things like that. I definitely have systems. I have the most wonderful PA in the world and Alison will have my day teed up for me. I'll have the files behind me that, I, that I'm seeing all day. We will allocate maybe an hour, 45 minutes worth of troubleshooting. But I'm not going to go around putting flames out all day. I'm a time slot between X and X. This is when we're going to fix the problems that have arisen from the day before or in the last 10 minutes. But after that, it's got to wait till tomorrow. You know, things will, and that's not saying that we don't get on them, but she'll just get on them. She won't have me to say, hey, what are we doing here or what are we doing there? So, look, I am into systems. I do like having a pattern that, hey, this is the way it's going to work today. This is when I've booked. And then around that, yeah, everyone's everyone's slightly different. And there's no wrong or right way. I'll say that as well. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I've got it all nailed and freaking don't do anything that I wouldn't do. But yeah, that's that's how that's how I like to do it. And it seemed to work so far. Yeah, yeah, it does. Emails, emails are the a killer, like the biggest drain that I have in my office. And replying to emails on the spot and Slack. You have to. You have to. Yeah, cool. Health and fitness person. Yeah, well, you know, like we like to ride together. Yeah, no, I'm not. Hey, I'm a good bike rider, but I enjoy it and I like, I think it's a for an old man, like I think it's one of the best sports, easy on the body, and you can still get that heart rate up. I'm into, um, I go to the gym a few times a week. I've got a great trainer. Head out to uh, Romero Athletica at Fishwick. Al, Al's a good guy. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I've I've had some good trainers along the way and journeys, and I think fitness for me is the thing that keeps me sane. I, I think I'd be a depressed crazy person if I didn't go to the gym every day and, and, and that for me keeps me focused and I've got a good wife that allows I, I talk about relationships a lot and uh, with with my staff and, and I'm, I was just lucky my wife came from a father that had an executive job and travelled a lot and understood and she gets it because she said that's what my dad do but I, so I've got other friends that hey their dad was at home at 4.30 every afternoon making dinner. Why you have to work back and talk? And that's a relationship thing. But I've got a good wife that knows that, hey, that's what it takes. And, you know, that's what it takes. Real hypothetical, JD. No, God. 
No, this is, I'm out of my comfort zone here, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I'm like my hands are sweating just talking about it. Three, huh? Sheesh, look, I could say get a mentor, find what you're good at, stick to it. And the third one's a tough one. I'd say get a hobby. Become interesting. Get you know, get into the community. If it was another one starting out a business like mine, I'd say get into the community, get a hobby, get thank God I went to a school like I went to and you know, this could have been the same with any school around town. It doesn't have to just just because I went to St. Eddie's, no big deal, but the community and the support that I've had from my friends growing up and look writing their loans and helping them help me, you know, I owe them heaps and that's you know, that, that's what got me started, and thank God for them. But being part of the community, I was, I was deeply involved with the Woden Valley Rams, and again, same deal. Like the guys there, and and still to this day, they I'm friends with them, and they help me, and I help them in return by getting them a, the right advice. I hope, but I think just becoming engulfed in the community, and that's the best thing about Canberra. It's still a little community. Just. Oh, look, I think family and friends keeps anybody grounded a little bit, especially family. I mean, it'd be hard to, to walk away from your folks and from my situation. And again, you know, part of this reverse engineering stuff, I, I talked to people, you know, how many times I've got a mate that sees his dad once a year and his dad's maybe 74. So the average age of life is 76. So he said, Bid, you're going to see your dad four more times. That's unacceptable, dude. So I just couldn't see myself moving away and not seeing my mum and dad and the kids being that, I don't know. That's obviously the, the number one. The, the rest of it, I just, I love the freaking cold. It's the best. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So look, the cold hurts and... Born and bred here, it still hurts getting up in the morning. And But look, the town's the best. It's just good people, sport-wise, living-wise, road-wise. So I think we got named number one city in the world a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's very livable. Pay rates. <laughs> Buy a house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Me too, JD. Thanks for having thanks for having me on. No, I don't think so. I, do, I want to thank you. I reckon this whole podcast Canberra community thing is you're doing a good thing for the town, and 
and more so people should support you too. So yeah. Be careful. Hey everybody, Jonathan with you again. How good was that? There was so much in there. You know, Jared just shared with us some great insights about mindset, about his team, about systems. You know, and I just think he really is one of the uh, the best examples of what the Canberra business community is all about. He's built a successful business. He's built a great team. He's bringing a product, a service that he really cares about to the market that's uh, a really positive thing for so many people. So please do me a favor. Go to the show notes. I want you to go to Tiffin & Co. I want you to check out their website. Make an appointment to go and see Jared. Just sit down with him personally. Find out what he's doing. Find out you know what, sort of, what he can bring, what value he can bring to your financial situation. Situation. I just know that uh, he cares about people and I really hope that from listening to him you've picked that up. So go and check out Tiffin & Co. Let's support another great Canberra business. Look, that's about it from me. Please make sure you've subscribed wherever you've heard this. Uh, come and check out the Canberra Executive Coaching uh, website if you want uh, to do some work with me personally on your business goals please come and check out the site It'd be great to meet up and see how i can help you move your business forward but that's it from me this week from jared tiffin from tiffin and co share this with people i'd love more people to hear his story i really hope you got some value please tune in tune in again on monday gonna have another fantastic episode for you but for now i'm jonathan doyle enjoy your week enjoy your weekend whenever you're hearing this i'll speak to you again next week